Welcome to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive, featuring conversations with performing artists and industry influencers on what it takes to succeed in the arts. I am your host, Diane Foy, and I believe that you really can make a living from your creative talents. As a publicist, podcaster, and coach, my mission is to educate, motivate, and empower you to thrive with authenticity, creativity, and purpose. Hello, and welcome to episode number eight of Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. My guest today is Juno-nominated artist Kelly Fraser. Originally from Nunavut, she has attracted a large fan base with her blend of traditional Inuit music and modern pop, EDM, and hip-hop. We had a fascinating conversation about what it's like growing up in Nunavut, where her parents suffered from the colonization of their land. They were forced into residential schools where her mother was abused from age five. The cultural genocide resulted in a lot of trauma for her community, and her own father committed suicide when Kelly was only 16 years old. Through her music and advocacy, Kelly is on a mission to educate Canada and the world on the realities of what happened and what is still happening in her community today. She shares the legend of Sedna, the sea goddess, who was the inspiration for her second album, Sedna. She tells us about some of the songs on Kelly's new album called Decolonize, with the first single, Rebound Girl, coming out next week, and the video April 15th. Hello, Kelly. Welcome to the show. Hello, Diane. Thank you. I'm honored to be in your show. So you're uh, working on your third album. Yes. It's Tell called- us about that. Yes, my third album is called Decolonize, and I'm about to decolonize the hell out of this country. <laughs> Fantastic. And you're releasing uh, the first single, Rebound Girl? My first single is a single by itself. And yeah, Rebound Girl, it's all in English, and it's an EDM pop song that people will dance to at the club, and they're going to play it after their... Breakup. It's the 2019 breakup song of the year. Wow, that's amazing. So tell me all about the new album. Decolonize is an album to help Canadians and the rest of the world see the way that I see the world. And the thing is, what I can see from my point of view is there is a lot of work that has to be done not only with indigenous people, but with everyone else, because we are on stolen land. We are benefiting from the pain of genocide. So I'm not here to say I'm mad at a race, at people, at people in power. I just want to ensure that we are working towards reconciliation and that we're doing it in a way that we know consciously what we're doing. So my album is to help open people's eyes in what me, an Inuk, has gone through because uh, for the benefit of other people. And you recently won an Inspire Award? Is that what it's called? Yes, this 2019 in February, I won 
$10,000 for the Inuk Youth Recipient Award. It's an Inspire Award and I'm very proud of it. I'm very blessed to be at where I am today. You were nominated for a Juno for Sedna. Yes. Tell me about that. Like, was it a shock? Uh, yes, it was. It really was. Because by the time I was nominated for a Juno Award, I actually believed that I wasn't going to make any more progress in the music industry. I accepted that I was now going to be um, only popular in the Arctic. It's actually really sad that I had accepted that when I should have been more uh, persistent on pushing for success. You, you started to feel discouraged? I started to feel like nobody wanted to listen to Inuit. When I was 19, um, some people would tell me, like, your band will never get anywhere. You should quit while you're ahead. There's not a lot of Inuktitut speakers anyway. Because you're Inuk, nobody will want to hear your music. This is the kind, the types of information I was told by non-Inuit, by Inuit, and it was very discouraging. So by the time I was 24 years old, kind of accepted that I guess they were right. This is it for me. I was only going to become very popular in the North, and um, I was done with that popularity. But what what I didn't know is the fact that I was popular up North helped me get that journal nomination, and I will forever, I'm forever in debt with Inuit, my people, and I will forever always acknowledge and thank them for getting where I am today and where I am today is I live off my art. I pay rent with my art and that in itself is success as an artist. So where did you grow up? I grew up in a small island in the middle of the Hudson Bay called the Belcher Islands in a town called Senekiloaf and it is a part of Nunavut but it's not near Nunavut at all. It's the Hawaii of Nunavut. We're right near Quebec, right above uh, Ontario, not quite in James Bay, but right in the middle of Hudson Bay on the right side, right near Quebec. And what was it like? For me, I don't know anything about growing up there. So if you could let us know, kind of what, what is it really like? So essentially, Nunavut is the Arctic, and so it's a treeless tundra. Sanikiloaf, on, on our little island in the Belcher Islands, we are near the tree line. So the next community we uh, fly over, Gujarapik, they actually have trees. So we're near the tree line, but we don't have any trees. And so it's beautiful. It's very flat. I grew up kayaking, going on the boats. I grew up hunting and fishing and, and hunting for walrus, seal, beluga whales. I've gone hunting, um, helping hunting by being on a boat with other hunters with guns and harpoons and the whales would be literally swimming under our boat. I grew up in a rich culture where our traditions are still very strong. So I know how to pluck a goose, I know how to cut fish, I know how to dry fish, I know how to smoke it, I know how to sew some sealskin mitts and yeah, but I live in Winnipeg, Manitoba now as a full-time 
performer and singer in my language, Inuktitut, and in English. When you were young, like what first inspired you to get into music? I've always loved music. I was always musical. I always loved to sing along to songs. My parents would play a lot of 80s rock music, 80s pop music. My uh, cousins would play a lot of pop music from 1990s, 2000s. And so when I was 10 years old, I wrote a song to tell kids not to bully me anymore. It's called Please Don't Tease Me. And when I was 11, I watched a movie called Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan in it, playing the electric guitar in an all-team band. And it inspired me to um, play guitar. So I told my parents that night that I watched it to go buy me a guitar. And they didn't want to spoil me, so they told me to take after-school guitar lessons. And so, yeah, when I was 11, I started playing the guitar. Naturally, to learn how to play the guitar, you sing. And when I was singing, my guitar lesson teacher, who actually was a math and science teacher for the high school, Terry Dunford, he told me that I have a beautiful voice. And I kept singing and kept playing guitar and what my dream was was to be an electric guitar player in a band. Oh yeah. Not as the artist, more as a side player? Um, I wanted to sing too, but I was more interested in the guitar. I thought it was fantastic. I grew up not watching a lot of women play the guitar. So when I started uh, in class, there was not a lot of girls. Um, There was no girls. I was the only one, and I inspired other girls in my school to start uh, learning how to play the guitar as well. And at home, there's actually quite a few girl guitar players and bass players. I joined a band when I was 15, and I was a bass player. And yeah, I've been playing. I was playing with them for about six, seven years before I decided to go solo and moved to Winnipeg at age 22. Um, before my album Sedna was out when I was 23. And so you, when did you have your first album? My first album was called Isuma, and it was a folk rock album. And there was some gospel music in it. There was a couple of covers like CCR's Proud Mary. I had a folk uh, Inuk artist cover in it called Kovesupunga and another folk Inuk artist called Koyalibunga. And so yeah, I what I was famous for in the Arctic was translating pop songs into my language Inuktitut. So I did a rendition of Gangnam Style, a song called NS Style, telling people, young Inuit people to go to the college that I went to study for Inuit studies. Uh, yeah, I made that song, and then I and I made other songs like "We Are Young," uh, in Inuktitut, Makuktuhu, Rihanna's Diamond Song, Diamantitu, Hamayu Diamantitu, and many other covers. The recent cover I did this past October was um, a song called Havana, and um, yeah, I made it into Inuktitut. So then, your second album 
was Sedna, and it was nominated for a Juno Award. That's fantastic. Congratulations on that. Thank you. So tell me about the process, about, you know, what made you want to do this for a living? Like, was that always your plan, or did you have, did you just fall into this? What, what made you want to make this your profession? When I was 15 years old, I was determined to become a famous rock star, a famous Inuk rock star. I recognized that we didn't have any of those yet, and I wanted to reach to the top so that uh, other Inuit can learn, you know, we are worthy, we are amazing. And I wanted to inspire other people to try to do that as well. I love to sing. Um, ever since I was 15, it was either become a famous singer or a lawyer. Yeah, well, I saw in your bio that you're studying to be a lawyer. I used to uh, study Indigenous studies. I studied Inuit studies for two years, when I was 18 to 20. And when I was 22, I went to study uh, Indigenous studies for a couple of years, so... I have a lot of knowledge on the history of how Canada came to be, and I also have uh, a lot of knowledge on the fact that we are on a land that has actually tortured and killed Indigenous people for money, for power, and unfortunately, I don't think a lot of Canadians understand that. So in my next album, Decolonize, I'm hoping to reach out and change people's mind on the stereotypes they have of First Nations, Métis, and Inuit. Right. Sometimes uh, Canadians down here in the South, we, we kind of think that Canada ends uh, above the provinces, and we have no idea what's going on up there. Um, so it's great that you're kind of spreading the word and educating people. Yes. I want people to know that Indigenous people are alive, very much alive. We are doing well. I mean, not as well as we could be, but we are currently oppressed by laws that have been there for too long. And so I'm hoping with this album that I reach out to the heart of Canadians and get them to make decisions to ensure that we do live in an equal country where everyone has a chance to live a happy, wonderful life with, without worrying about the cost of food, without worrying that you have 12 to 20 people in a house of three rooms, and hoping we, we go into a place where we're not dying from TB or have the highest rate of suicide, and hoping for a country that people are enraged, that in my community, as we speak, the, we have a boil advisory, and even if you boil the water, you will get sick. Right. And so I just want to live in a country where people in my community can live a happy life, and a life where they're self-sustainable is I believe in it, we're hard workers, but we've been forced into a welfare state. And I just want people to know that. And 
if you know that, we can move on to the healing process. Right. The process where we're consciously making decisions on who we vote for, what we want to complain about to the government, and how we can change our minds on how we see the people that own the land before other people came. Right. And um, I've heard you say that there's a high percentage of mental health illnesses um, in your community. Can you talk about that? Yes. So because of all the trauma from residential schools, for example, my own mother went to a residential school where she was severely abused, told not to speak her language, uh, abused in all sorts of ways as five years old, from five years old, hit, sexually abused, raped by men and women, people in power, and her own classmates. Um, so there's a lot of trauma in my community, and what trauma uh, what trauma gives birth to is post-traumatic stress disorders. So I believe that there's too many of us walking around with a mental health illness or a mental illness that uh, we don't know how to deal with. So I'm hoping through my music I can make people understand that us innate, us indigenous people need to reach out and say, I need help. I want someone to talk to. There is something wrong with me. There is something wrong with this country. And I'm hoping more and more people will heal by understanding that they they themselves are also kind of broken. And I'm not saying we are all broken. There are wonderful Inuit that are doing amazing things and what makes them amazing and successful is they take care of their mental health. Is I know for most of Canada that sometimes getting the help, there's not enough re- resources. Is it worse up there, I assume? It's really hard to be able to get any help when the mental health worker comes every six months. I'm not sure how it works now. I've heard that things are a little bit better. But in the end, um, we do need more resources as a country, as a whole. I do have friends and family that uh, in the south of Canada that struggle with getting mental health services. Um, so I'm hoping even in my album, um, people will recognize we need more help in Canada on healing everybody because uh, it's not just a race thing. No. But the thing is, we are we Indigenous people are at a disadvantage of getting those mental health resources. And I myself have resources because I live in a city in Winnipeg, Manitoba. There are places where you can get counseling for free but unfortunately, where I come from in Fengula, it's harder to get. I myself have been saved by a mental health worker when I was 16, dealing with my father's suicide. And so I'm thankful every day of my life that this wonderful uh, mental health worker has helped me realize that I am worth something. And I only hope that every 
person in this country can get that kind of help the way I did when I was 16. Yeah. And how was that, I guess, dealing with your father? Was it a shock or was he dealing with issues his whole life? My father seemed like a hero. He seemed like nothing could ever um, hurt him. And I think at the end, that's what caused him to do what he did, is he acted like there was nothing wrong. And the thing is, with humans, there's something, we're not perfect. We weren't born to be perfect. This whole world isn't set up to for everything to work out. We need to consciously make decisions to ensure that we are taking care of ourselves and that uh, we're that we accept that we're not always gonna be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes just even admitting that you need help is hard for people. Um, so that's something you know by. By you being so open about it and in your music, it kind of tells people that it's okay yes. to admit that there's they're struggling with something Everyone and that to struggles. ask for help. Everyone struggles. That's something I recognize. And in my music, I'm so happy. I have even non-Indigenous people telling me, I love your music. Your music helps me. I listen to you every day and it saves my own life. So... What I want people to know is my music is for everyone. It's not only to Indigenous people. It's not only about Indigenous people. It's about being human. We're all human and we all need help. And we all need love and all those wonderful things that make up who we are. Yeah. Tell me about the Aboriginal School of Dance. So I work with the Aboriginal School of Dance. They are my backup dancers when I perform. And I also travel with them to other reserves and other um, performances um, where I perform and they dance with me and it's, uh, it's great because we handle the owner and I have worked together at the Inspire Awards last year in 2018. I performed my song Setna and Buffy Handel choreographed the dance with me and Holly Mountain. Holly from Ikhalit, uh, he's, he's a dancer and we danced together. And my dress was actually um, hanging from the ceiling connected to my dress. It was amazing. I'm oh, really cool. proud of that. And so me and Buffy, we bonded right away. And so I, start, I started working for her in August and we continued to work together and She's bringing her dancers to my show at the Palomino in Winnipeg for April 11 at 9.30 p.m. I'm having a wonderful performance to show people my new single, Rebound Girl. And PJ Vegas from L.A. will be flying up to open for me. And also, he will be in my music video. My Rebound Girl music video has a... I have choreography in it. I'm actually in a dance studio practicing the choreography. We're going to be filming in a car, in a fancy car. We're going to be filming on the street. I'm going to have a smock on in a room to look like I'm in an insane asylum because in the song I do say um don't don't let him be, don't let him get you to where I've been in a loony bin. It was such a sin. 
So we're going to have uh, the path. We're going to do filming at the Palomino also uh, in the afternoon before all the crowd comes. The music video is professionally done by Ryan Caro Suzuki. And I'm very excited to work with him even more. Cool. Rebound Girl is coming out April 1st. And I'm very excited for when it's coming out. The EDM song, all in English, and it's going to be awesome. There's a compilation album coming out soon with uh, Thor Simonson. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you hook up with him? So when I was 19 years old, fresh out of college, I was doing a tour with my band across the Arctic, and I was performing at the Alienate Festival in Ikhaluit, and Thor Simonson had watched me perform. I was very sick that day. I had strep, and I didn't do the best that I usually do when I'm not sick. And he told me um, after the show that, he was really impressed and he liked what I did and that he loved to work with me. So our first song we worked on was a song called The Struggle, a rap song by Brian Tagalit and Thor recorded us and it's currently on Thor's album, Territorial, and it was the start of a very beautiful relationship, friendship, where we would make songs. He'd helped me make a song called Bara Bara Bara, I've named it Bara Bara Bara. It's about butter and how much I love it in my language <laughs> and how I put it on panic and dried meat. And so Thor helped me record some songs. And then when I lived in Winnipeg at, at age 22, he said, you know what, Kelly, we should get together and we should record an album and we should also tour the Arctic by having something called the Nunavut Hitmakers, something he thought of when he was in Cape Dorset. And he said, let's travel across the territory of Nunavut and let's make songs with kids or with anybody who wants to. So that's what we started doing. We, in 2016, we started traveling to three communities and now it's 2019, we've traveled for our 10th community in Cape Dorset, thanks to all our funders in Nunavut, Kiwa'e, Makiyakta, the government of Nunavut, and so on. So, me and Thor Simonson were working together on Decolonize, on my third album, and I have a lot to thank him for helping me create Sedna, for helping me um, put out the single Fight for the Rights first. Fight for the Rights was a song about telling Inuit to vote no for a land referendum to vote whether or not we want to sell municipal land. And we released it on a Friday in May of 2016. Yeah, 2016. And it came out, uh, yeah, it came out on a Friday on the radio on CBC. On the Monday, there was a vote on the Monday. None of it voted no to sell municipal land. Whether or not I helped them decide that, I can never be sure, but my community was the most voter turnout other than So that's something I'm really proud of. And I believe the fact that I made a song about it 
made them know even more in my community of Senekiro. Yeah, that's amazing to have that much influence and to be able to educate people on certain issues with your music is amazing. Yes, and Sedna is about the Inuit sea goddess Inuit believed in before we were forced to believe in other beliefs. I have a song called Sedna on my Sedna album, singing as if I'm the sea goddess herself. We have a creation story, a story I heard growing up in my language by an elder. So her name was Nuleduk. That's her traditional name. It was named Sedna by some people that traveled up north. Sedna was a young, beautiful Inuk girl, just like myself. Just kidding. And she didn't want to marry anyone in the camp. So her father said, since you don't want to marry anyone in the camp, I'm going to marry you to my lead sled dog. So she married the dog and they had four children. And the four children, the colors of them were black, red, white, and yellow. The father had to bring seal once a week to their island because the dog could not hunt. He did not have upholdable thumbs. So then the dog would come help him bring the seal to feed the kids and Sedna and her husband. And one day the father got tired of bringing seal to the dog. He was kind of resentful that the dog could not hunt. So he decided one day he was going to kill him. So he stabbed him and the dog fell into the water and drowned. And so Sedna was sad. Her children no longer had a father. So because she loved her father a lot, she decided she was going to give her children away to the world because she didn't want them to grow up and kill her own father. And so she sewed up four sealskin boots and she put them northwest, east, south. And these puppies populated the world. So essentially in my culture, what the elders told me was red was for indigenous people, black was for black people, white was for Europeans, and yellow was for uh, Asia. That's how we understand our creation story is that they started from us first. And so Sedna, um, she set off by herself out on the land, single again, and she found a handsome man and they fell in love. And one day he turned into a raven. And she was very upset because she said, I thought I was done with animals. So then she told her father through her dreams, through her thoughts that she wants him to her up. So he had a dream that she wanted him to come. So he went on his boat and went to seek her. And the raven man, he had, he was flying out hunting. She was trying to run away from, from him by going on her dad's boat. So they left. They were about to leave the vicinity of the island when the raven saw them try to run away and he started swooping down trying to catch them off the boat. And so Sedna's father, a man made out of instinct, survival instinct, he decided he was going to push his daughter off the boat. She tried to hold on, and when she was trying to hold on to the boat, he took this knife and he sliced her fingers off the boat. She went down into the water, and instead of dying, she grew a tail. Her hands turned into seal flippers, 
and she could control the animals in the water, on the land, and the weather. And so when Inuit broke taboos, Setna would take all the animals and put them in her hair. And the way that they would get them back is Inuit would have to tell their shaman go swim under the sea and comb the animals out of her hair with their hands because Setna didn't have any. She had silvers as hands. So that's why we get tattoos of lines on our fingers. Setna was the goddess of the sea. And she was one to be feared. And so shamans would go under the sea ice, or if it was summer, under the water, and comb her hair and tell her how beautiful she is, how powerful she is. And to please bring back the animals to the land and in the water. And if she liked it, she'd say, yeah, here you go. And if she didn't, well, that was just too bad for your cat. Because for Inuit, if you don't find the animals, you die. You just cease to live. Your whole family dies. You just always gotta keep out on the hunt. So people came to Inuit land in the Arctic and they brought cichlids. And the way that Inuit converted is they said, these people who came, they said, only if you convert, we will give you the medicine to survive. So Inuit made out of instinct converted their beliefs from Sedna, shamanism, drum dancing, throat singing, traditional Inuit tattoos into a different religion and to survive. Inuit survived. We are 60,000 in Canada, about 150,000 across the whole circumpolar Arctic. One thing that's happening in our communities, more people are getting traditional tattoos. More women are throat singing. More people are drum dancing. I thought sing and drum dance myself. You go to any of my shows, that's how I start because I want to show people where I come from. The drum had been lost in my community, so I learned it when I was studying Inuit studies at a school called Nunavutsi when I was 18 in Ottawa. And so I brought the drum back to my community and I used the drum in my performances, in my recordings, and I sing as if I'm Sedna herself. Because my father committed suicide when I was 16. I feel like, like in the Sedna story, her father cut her fingers off the boat. I felt like he cut me out of this world. Sedna gave away her children. When I was 17 years old, I got pregnant. And I had to give up my child for adoption because I could not sustain living with myself and her in my small community where there's no housing. There's not a lot of jobs, even though I was graduated from high school. I felt a deep connection. I feel a deep connection with Sedna herself. And I felt like if I was going to defend my land, I might as well sing as if I'm Sedna herself, this Inuit sea goddess, because I felt like I had the right to that. I suffered just like she did. And so I thank her every day for helping me get to where I am today and I believe she comes out when I sing Sedna and that she loves it. I assume it affects your songwriting. Maybe tell me some of the songs on Sedna. In my album Sedna, I sing not only about Sedna, but I sing um, for example, the first track of my album Sedna, it's called The Game and it's how 
how people tell me I'm not good enough. I will never reach the stages. I will always just be a small town girl and never succeed. And so in my song, I'm like, I am succeeding. I am playing in this game. I, I even reference that my butt looks really good. It's like, and in hip hop, I learned you kind of have to say, you know, I'm kind of better than you, but I'm not in hip hop. But at the same time, I do rapping. And so that song uh, has rap in it and rap in my language in Kudu, which I'm very proud of. But I am an EDM artist, I make pop music. And I sing about my culture in a song called Imam Mik, about kayaking in the water. Um, it's all in Inukut. And I use my traditional Inuit jam to sing that song. I have a song about my father and a letter that I wrote to him. And having a message to other people to stay strong. Because I tell my story that my father committed suicide. That I myself have battled depression and uh, suicidal ideation. Uh, I no longer struggle that much anymore. But through my music, I've healed myself. I've made a love song. I've made uh, songs about a song called Parachutes about racism and how I had to some, I had to work a little bit harder than other people to get to where I am. And that in my chorus in Parachutes, I'm actually saying things that people say to me when I go up north. What are you going to sing? Who are you dating? All kinds of those questions. So, uh, what you gonna say? What you gonna do? What you gonna play? Is what they say true? And all these questions, I make sure I am still on top. And all these questions, I make sure this train is hard to stop. In that song, I sing not only about my success, but the fact that we live in a country where we spend more on guns than the fact that we barely have enough for education. We barely have enough for mental health issues. We need, and so, in the end of the song, in my verse, I say, "I'm not racist. I'm not trying to say what race is better. I just want to make money. I just want to make cheddar. Like, stop being racist towards me. I just need to survive." My album is full of these kinds of messages to tell people I'm a human. I feel things. And I feel things when people say, I don't believe you are who you are in your ID, so I'm going to have to ask for another one. Or I think you're a thief. Or There are just so many things that happen when I'm just trying to do my daily business. Is Racism is a constant barrier for me to get checks done to hire people to ensure my business keeps going as an artist. That's one thing I will always be vocal about is I'm just a human. I just wanna I just wanna survive. Yeah. And so maybe talk about uh decolonize some of the songs that we're gonna hear. Uh so the album comes out when? Sometime in July. Cool. And my single for the album will come out April thirty. And I'm hoping to perform it at in Ottawa for the MMIWG inquiry, which I got invited to do. 
So Decolonized Rhymes is basically a rap song. It's a Decolonized Rhymes is a song to say we need to change. It's a rap song talking about the things my grandfather went through with the RCMP killing his dogs, skinning up his seal skin kayak, um, my mother being forced into residential school, and how we need to change, how we, this is not sustainable. We can't keep pretending like we know bad things happen and that we shouldn't blame Indigenous people for the, the negative things that are happening on our land today. We need to take accountability in what's happened to be a better, uh, a better people, a better generation. We want our children to know that if some, if you do something bad to someone, you go and say your story. And not only do you say your story, but maybe you do things to make sure you don't do that again. So in my song, again, I'm not against any race. I just want people to know we are just a part of the human race. I want to succeed. Please help me. And then there's other songs. One is called Money, and it's about how I'm succeeding and making money. And it's a way to tell people just because I'm Indigenous, it doesn't mean I'm poor and sick and all those stereotypes people walk around with in their head. I'm a successful musician, and I want Indigenous people to know they can succeed, and I want non-Indigenous people to know we are succeeding. That one I really, really like. It was inspired after being profiled at a bank. I'm not going to say which one. And uh, I have a song called Where's My Dog? And it's I'm singing as if I'm my grandfather, whose dogs had just been shot. I have many other songs. Not only songs about issues, but fun songs, love songs. It's like um, this album won't just be heavy on trying to educate people. This album is about the fact we're all human. We all love the same. We all fight the same battles, similar battles, and we just really need to work together. And so it's about showing how I'm human because I've been dehumanized and I'm trying to decolonize this country. And I'm really happy that I have a great team behind me to help me spread that word and that Canadians are open-minded and the whole world will be open-minded because it's not just Canada that has had genocide. There's the Holocaust, there's the U.S. that's done the same thing to uh, Indigenous people and I can think of so many others. Do you have advice for younger artists that look to your success and they want to maybe follow in your footsteps? Yes, I have a lot of advice. First, drink water, eat healthy food, exercise. Just because you're an artist doesn't mean you need to fall into those stereotypes people have of artists, of being drug addicts or alcoholics or just party animals. That's not what an artist is an artist is someone who reflects back uh, to what kind of world we live in. Sometimes people are so busy trying to survive they don't 
have the time to reflect all of that, which is why I feel like my job is very important. Artists, please find as much meaning as you can to your art. Share. Find a lot of people to collaborate with is the most successful people are the ones that are collaborating and always sharing and always telling people, um, encouraging other people. So please don't fall into this clique that we cannot, with art, we can't be acting as if we're the best in our field. We can't get cocky. We shouldn't be aggressive. I've, I found myself becoming aggressive wanting to get shows. You have to be kind. You shouldn't take shit. That that's for sure. Right. Um, you have to have a healthy mental mind. You need to make sure you're doing all those steps to keep yourself alive. And you make sure your finances aren't checked. Basically, make sure you're paying your bills and that you're not overly spending on things that that will hurt you. So keep making art. Keep sharing. Don't be afraid because if you're true to yourself, the truth will be inevitable. I know I'm saying it wrong. English is my <laughs> second language. I actually have a song in Parachutes that says epitome, but I found out because I read a lot and I didn't learn a lot on how to say the word. Yeah. It's actually pronounced epitome, but it was nominated for a Juno, so I don't care. <laughs> the other hand is that there's a lot of like your song titles or even where you're from it's like I can't pronounce those <laughs> so it goes both ways yes. for live shows have you toured all of Canada I've traveled all throughout Canada I've traveled I was recently doing a Labrador tour in December I performed in PEI I performed in Quebec and Ontario Manitoba BC I performed in Alberta, and I have yet to perform in Saskatchewan. And I performed uh, Greenland. I'm going to perform in New York or the UN because I'm going as a delegate for uh, the Canadian delegation for Indigenous issues. I'm very proud of that. I'm going to New York April 22nd to be a part of the delegation. That's amazing. And I always ask my guests, uh, what is their big picture why? Why do you do what you do? And that doesn't necessarily mean just your music, just everything. What drives you? So for me, as an Inuk, I come from a small community in Nunavut on a little island. And we speak mostly Inuktitut. And my most important thing I want to show people is we need to know our language. That's why I translate pop songs into Inuktitut so that children and elders can understand what these pop songs are saying. I want to ensure my culture is intact even when I leave this physical world. I want to make sure people know what an Inuk is and that it's not okay to say Eskimo. It's not okay to call us drunks. It's not okay to say we're all broken because we're not. We are just like everyone else and just like everyone else. We need a little bit of help. And also, as a human being, 
I love to sing. I love to make people watch me in awe as I sing and dance because I'm a pop singer and I'm and I'm there connecting with my own ancestors as I perform. So it's a very spiritual thing. So the reason why I do what I do is to educate people, to ensure pride in my own people, and to, and to make people smile and laugh and, and have a good time and dance. Yeah. So that's why I'm an artist. So where can people find you online? On Facebook, I have a Facebook page, Kelly Fraser. Right now I have 6K likes. Let's make it to a million. I have Instagram, Iskel, I-S-K-E-L-L. All my music is on Spotify, Play, Google Play, iTunes. I'm everywhere. And Rebound Girl is coming out soon on all the music platforms. And my music video is coming out April 15. So everything I do is online. It's right there. Just Click on me. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Diane. I learned a lot talking to Kelly, and I hope you did too. She's a very educated and talented young woman. I believe that her Decolonize album will be the one that breaks through to the mainstream. I think we'll all be singing and dancing and rapping along to Rebound Girl and Decolonize Rhymes very soon. So for detailed show notes, visit dianefoy.com slash 008. Thanks for listening to Sing, Dance, Act, Thrive. Be sure to join the mailing list at dianefoy.com to gain access to exclusive bonus content, a weekly newsletter, and an invitation to our private Facebook group of purpose-driven performing artists and industry influencers. 